What's up, everyone? Welcome to week 10 of the Syndicates. I am Eddie Zemitis alongside Vic this week. Now this week, John is gone. Vic is back. A little under the weather, but he's back, Vic. We came off a nice 3-0 week in the NFL last week. Finally got back on track. Yes, sir. That was great. It was nice to go 3-0 in the NFL like we know we can. We did a couple times last year, so hopefully we can ride that wave this week. Yeah, the record over this year is still pretty doing pretty well. The last two years is doing really well. Um, so glad to still be in the positive on both of those. And then college won and won last week, but I got a few games we'll talk about later this this episode and uh, hopefully find some more winners in the college world. But John yeah, will be back next week. So. Like My bad. Speaking of the record, make sure you check us out on Twitter. We update our record every week, full transparency. So uh, it's at Syndicates Pod on Twitter. We update the records every week. We ha- Like Eddie said, we've had a great two-year run. So everything's always up to date by Tuesday. Yep. Exactly. Vic is the one that usually updates that for us, so we appreciate the the Twitter handle there. Um, so this week, well, first, before we get into this week, I wanted to kind of touch on something from last week spilling over. Everybody's been talking about the Ravens and the Patriots game, the, the Ravens offense, figuring all that out. I almost feel like it's the NFL is kind of transitioning a little bit, where the past couple years, it was if you had a good defense, you could do well in the playoffs like the Broncos or uh, just teams like that where you would do well in the def- in the playoffs because everybody in there had good offenses. Now I almost feel like it's the reverse this year where there's so many teams that if you look at the top of the standings that have really good defenses where if you're a team like the Ravens and you have a good offense or an offense that's really tough to figure out, I feel like that's kind of what helps you steal a couple of games in the against the – the good teams is having a good offense because there's not that many teams this year that are, you know, putting up points like they used to the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, it's the Ravens, it's the Niners, it's the Cowboys. I think those are, it's the chiefs with Mahomes if he's in, right. Uh, those are some of the teams that have kind of done what you said. And I can see some of those teams finally giving some fits to the Pats. Right. And, and we'll see come the playoffs. There's a there's a funny theory, and we all know Hoodie is capable of this because we've seen a couple videos of this uh, in the past. But there's a there's a theory that he was playing like super coy this week, very vanilla, didn't want to give the Ravens anything in case they matched up in the playoffs. So I, I thought that was funny. And he does that though. That's kind of what his his style is. If he knows. You know, if something's going to cost him long term, he won't show his hand. He's almost like a poker player where he's going to, you know, sacrifice a smaller hand for a bigger hand in the end. Did so, he do that against uh, Tom Brady? I mean, uh, Peyton Manning? I feel like, what is that one video? Or was that Ed Reed? I forget. Or did Ed Reed do that to someone? I, I forget. But, like, I feel like they've done this before. Yeah, I'm sure they have. Yeah. I know they. That's why they've always in the past struggled in September so much, is because they wanted to play around tweak a few things, toy around with things. And then, you know, as the this year went on, they kind of figured out what was working best for them. It just took them, you know, that month of September to kind of figure it out. Because if you look at Belichick and Brady over the years, their record get, gets progressively better as the months go on. I think usually September is, uh, you know, they win like 60, 65% of the games. Then October it gets higher, November it gets higher, and I think it dips down again in December because usually by week sixteen, seventeen they're they're benching people. So. <laughs> Every year, so yeah. To, I mean, to your point, I, I think you nailed it. We will see, I guess, come the playoffs, but there's definitely a shift uh, in the NFL this season. Yeah, absolutely. So I this isn't a, a week where I absolutely love the board, but I think there's a lot of fun matchups this week in the NFL, and it's going to be one of those weeks where we kind of separate a lot of people, winners and losers in the standings and really know who's going to be making some runs down the end. So we'll kick it off with the Thursday night game. A lot of line movement on this one here. Raiders are home against the Chargers and Raiders. I don't know if you've looked at their schedule uh, over the next couple of weeks, but it's really starting to soften up. They got a lot of home games coming up. Watch out for the Raiders the second half of the season. If you're a fantasy player out there, I'd recommend to take a little peek at, Josh Jacobs potentially down the end of the line because 
he's got some really vanilla matchups to take advantage of. So, uh, Vic, you and I were talking about this before we jumped on. Both of us kind of like the Raiders here. Might be a pick of the week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, you are liking the Raiders in this spot, and I am agreeing with you. So I'll let you take it away first, though. I do. So I hit the Raiders as my pick of the week last weekend, and I'm really liking them in this spot. I think the I, I think people love to make fun of John Gruden, and we've all done it, but we got to give them some credit for this season. They had an atrocious, horrendous, like, first few weeks travel schedule their home game was london game so to for them to come get through all of that and still be sitting pretty and, and they've been in every game every game they lost even that packers game they lost score didn't indicate how close that game was so and their offense is doing really really good stuff you know they're the only team in the nfl i remember reading the average at least five yards per offensive play every game this season and so the offense is doing well. You you hit it with Josh Jacobs. The kid has been awesome. I think he's forcing a missed tackle on 26% of his rushing attempts, which is pretty amazing. There was a, a nice tweet out there where with a lot of video today kind of showing off just how good he's been at avoiding tackles, juking defenders. So to me, the their defense, obviously their pass defense is suspect. But other than that, they're a solid, solid team. And, and that's I like them in this spot. I know the – Chargers just went out and played a heck of a game against uh, the Packers. They just beat the Bears and the Packers. Um, but I think they come back down a little bit to life. Uh, I really like the Raiders in the spot. I wanted to see what you thought. Yeah, I love the Raiders here. Actually, it kind of sucks because the Chargers, I'm starting to become a little bit more of a fan of them. I think actually they are starting to get better, return to form a little bit. They're getting a little bit healthier. On the offense line, the offense line's gelling a little bit. Phillip Rivers and isn't, you know, getting sacked every two plays, and they're opening up some holes for, for Melvin Gordon now. And I also like the way that their defense is playing. Um, their defense played really, really good last week against the Packers, so that was impressive. However, I like the Raiders in this spot here. I still think they are a team that's very overlooked in the NFL. They still think it's the Raiders, it's John Gruden. And I don't. I think last week's win kind of opened up some eyes a little bit, but this one here on Thursday Night Football, I think a lot of people will say, "Oh, okay, the Raiders are a legit team now." And I may start to fade them a couple of weeks after this because after primetime games, usually you're going to get some inflation the following week. But for this week, I do like the Raiders at home, and I think they're getting a point and a half right now. So maybe even take them on the money line if you're getting some plus money there. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge week for both teams because they both got yeah. four teams, right? So, uh, I mean, this can literally catapult one of these teams into the playoff hunt and kind of maybe, <clears throat> you know, ruin another team's season. So, it's a big team for both games. Just talking a little bit of public action, you're seeing the money on the Chargers, uh, which makes sense, especially after what they did to the Packers last week. So, there's 67% of the public is on the Chargers this week, and – the line is kind of, like you said, gone up to Chargers one, one and a half in most books. Yeah, so we both kind of lean the Raiders here in this spot, um, getting the point at home. So I know the line, it moved a little bit, right? It went open minus one for the Raiders. Now it's flipped over. It did, yeah. So it depends what book you're looking at for the opening line, but it was mostly minus one, one and a half Raiders, and now it's one, one and a half Chargers. So there was a big move on the Chargers. Interesting. I wonder if it was Sharp Republic money that drove that, but we'll see. Next up, we go to the 1 o'clock slate on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes returns against the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee at home getting 3.5 against the Chiefs. Faded Tennessee last week. Um, not a team I still want to get behind too much just because I think a couple of their wins that they got were – on the lucky side with the Chargers and the Bucks, So those were two wins that I think kind of inflated them just a little bit. It's kind of why I faded them last week against the Panthers here. Uh, yeah. Their defense is very good. I will say that. And this will be Patrick Mahomes' first game back, so it could be a little rusty. Um, and I don't think he'll be 100% healthy as well, so you might not see him moving around the pocket as much. He was a little banged up even before the knee injury. So if I did have to take a – a shot here, it would be Tennessee. If you can get four, I'd probably take four. Uh, four is tempting. I don't know if there are any out there, but Tennessee plus four, I would take that. 
And Vic, what I'm looking at here, it looks like everybody is all over the Chiefs. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So, of course, with Mahomes scheduled, quote-unquote, to come back, uh, everyone's on the Chiefs. I am seeing some Chiefs minus four or five dimes and a couple of offshores. Some of the other books are kind of waiting until it's official right now. But, yeah, 87% of public bets are on the Chiefs this week. Jeez. Anything you like in this one? I don't, man. I'm probably going to sit this out. I want to see <clears throat> how the Chiefs play. That was a big win for them last week, though. You know, to go against a Vikings team that was hot with their backup quarterback and pull that game out. So I, I might just sit this one out. I do agree with you. There's some value in Tennessee, especially if you're going to fade Mahomes. This is the one game to do it right. Uh, but I think that win last week was great. I love Andy Reid as a coach, and I think they'll have him prepared. So it'll be a close game. I don't see any value betting this game for me. Yeah, I don't think this will be one that I'm going to play uh, this week. So this game I wanted to talk about. I've been waiting to talk about this for a while. This is my Buffalo Bills on the road at Cleveland. Line open to Cleveland, minus two and a half, <laughs> up to minus three now. So before you – kind of talk about this game because I know Cleveland is the right side in this one. Um, when I said, I was thinking in my head, Ooh, what are they going to make this line? Cause I know it's going to be an interesting one. I said it would be Cleveland pick or minus one. And after this was after the Broncos game is where I figured they would open it up at. I said in my head though, Cleveland minus three is the right number. And that's what they opened it up as two and a half, three, same thing. Only thing that scares me about this, I think Cleveland is the right side in this game. This is one of those games where since Monday, all of the radio in Buffalo has been talking about, what? Cleveland is a favorite? Two and six Cleveland is a three-point favorite over the six and two Buffalo Bills. And it's leaking into the locker room. They're asking Sean McDermott about it, Micah Hyde. And you know, when the spread becomes a conversation in the locker room, it becomes one of those things like, oh, okay, they don't think they don't respect us. That is the one thing that is concerning me a little bit about this game. Freddie Kitchens is a mess. The Browns are a mess. I think last week's game against the Broncos kind of signified the end of the season for the Browns that, okay, there goes all hope of making the playoffs or turning this thing around. Yeah. So we could get that letdown in this spot here. I am not going to play this game because, again, I think Cleveland is the right side. But because of all these other outside factors that I'm listening and hearing and seeing, I just can't. I can't do it. So who are you, who are you liking in this one? So, I mean, you hit everything on the head. It, our traditional way of betting, you know that we would take Cleveland, right? So that being said, I'm actually taking the Bills. And – I've seen it enough from the Browns now, man, to where I understand the Sharps will be on them. They kind of remind me of the Falcons, which I've been auto-fading and winning money on this season. And I think this is the same spot to do that on the Browns. I've been on the Browns a couple of really good spots this year. You guys know that. But to me, I've seen no improvement. Their O-line is a mess. Baker's a mess. Freddie Kitchen's is up there as the worst coach in the NFL right now. Uh, and I like the Bills, man. I think their defense will hold. Their defense travels well. Um, and so give me the Bills, man. I, I see a couple plus threes. I, I think they win straight up. So I like the Bills plus three. I know it goes against kind of what, what we do on this on this pod and, and some of the things we talk about, but they, they have the D. I, I just don't see the Browns season turning around, man. I think it's like you said, and, and we talked about this last season on the pod where Scooch had brought this up on his and uh, Chad Millman's pod where once a team knows their season's over, that next game is usually the one where they just kind of give up. And then back towards the end of the season, they start playing again because they know there's going to be film and they need to get their contracts, individual players and stuff. So I think their season's done. They know it, and this is where they fall apart this week against the Bills. Yeah, the one thing that concerns me about this as well uh, is the matchups a little bit. Cleveland's offense, their run game is pretty solid. They just don't run the ball enough. Freddie Kitchens is is just a mess. So if they can establish a run and they stick with the run, 
they may have some opportunities to win this game. The only reason I say that is because the past three weeks, the Bills' run defense has been a little bit leaky. They did just sign Corey Legia, defensive tackle, is pretty solid uh, to kind of hopefully plug some of those holes. Um, Adrian Peterson did pretty well. Uh, the Eagles crushed him on the on the round the ground and. Even Miami exploited them a little bit a couple weeks ago. So that's the one thing that's leaking a little bit. Their pass defense is still unreal. But if they, if Cleveland sticks with the run, they may have a chance to. But I don't think Freddie Kitchens is disciplined enough to do that. He'll you know, try and get creative and have his team fall start to get five extra yards to hopefully make him have to pass the football. Exactly. I mean, common sense would tell you. So the Bills are giving up 151 rushing per game over the last three weeks, which is one of the worst in the league, right? So you nailed it, but common sense would tell you to do that. But I just don't see Freddie Kitchens doing it, man. Like every time I watch the Browns play, every time it remind me of the Bears. And both of these coaches, to me, it, it's just they don't have common sense or maybe they think they're overly smart. But Freddie Kitchens is out there running like Madden type four vertical plays when all he has to do is rush the ball. The, the Bears, I mean, we'll talk about them when we get there, but you have a quarterback like Mitch and you're you're out there passing the ball 55 times. I mean, things like that don't make sense. And, again, that's why this goes against my usual betting style, but I'm taking the Bills plus three. I think that they will do just enough to win this game. Yeah, I we talk about this being a key in betting a lot. You can't predict whoever wins the turnover battle in this game is going to win this football game. Cause sometimes Josh Allen can be a little careless with the ball. Baker Mayfield, same thing. So I think whoever wins the turnover battle in this game is going to win it. Tough one for me to call Vicky like the lean, the bills in this one. So we will see come Sunday. Yep. Next up, speaking of a team that we love, hate Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. Against the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of sharp money coming in on the Cardinals is what I saw driving this line down. It opened, I think it opened six in some spots. And now it's down to four and a half. So some money coming in on the cards to drive that line down. This, we talked about it just now in the Browns game, could be similar to the Bucks, where they almost think, ah, man, last week we had Seattle, man. We had them on the ropes and just found a way to lose. And then after that kind of crushing loss, you know, you realize eh, we're not catching the Saints. We're not catching the Panthers. NFC's too tough. It's going to be season over now. So this could be that game where the the Bucks kind of led down. And I know they are coming home after, for the first time in a long time, I think. They had a sim- similar road stretch like the Raiders did with a lot of games on the road and London one mixed in there. So, uh, man, I love the Bucks. They're a team that, you know, I always bet. I did get, catch them at plus six last week, so I pushed. Yep. Still feel like, man, that I should have had that game. I can't believe that Myers missed that field goal at the end, but was hoping we could get a coin toss and cover somehow. But, of course, the Bucks, man, they just find ways to <laughs> screw up winning bets. So um, I would probably lean the Cardinals in this spot here, but it's not anything I'm going to play, I don't think. I might change my mind come Sunday. Because, yeah, I don't know. Sunday last week, I loved the Bucks going into that game. So I did change my mind a little bit. But anything you like in this one, Vic? So this game's too tough of a game for me, man. I don't see any value, so I'm probably going to sit it out. Either t- I've seen both of these teams do crazy stuff, crazy good stuff and crazy bad stuff too many times. So um, you did hit it on the head that the spread opened at Bucks minus six. Now it's down to – Four and a half across most books. It looks like it was a combination of public and sharp money that came in, took the cards. So, you know, they're probably all thinking along what you said. I think that was just a, a crushing, crushing loss last week for the Bucks. Um, and so, I don't know, man. I can't lay the points. I don't want to grab. I feel like if it was six, I would take. I would take the cards. So. It's kind of that middle area where I'm going to set it out. But, yeah, let's talk about that game real quick. Obviously, you don't want to rehash it, but that's just brutal for Bucks betters, man. Like, that game looked like one of those games where sometimes you know that you got this one in the bag and then you just, like, move on on the card and you kind of look at the scoreboard and come back and you're like, did this really happen? And everything that played out in overtime, that was just crazy too, man. So, 
I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sure a lot of betters out there kind of feeling the same way. So shout out to you guys. Um, but at least you push. A push is better than a loss, right? So we got to move on to this week. Exactly. But let's hope uh, they don't find any more ways to choke down the any more times I bet them in the future. <laughs> yep. It's been enough over the past two years. True. Next up, we got a toilet bowl. In New York, the two New York teams, Jets and the Giants. The Jets, technically the home team in this game here, although it's probably going to be pretty split, if not more of a Giants crowd. So we have the Jets, two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Giants. A game I'm not going to touch. Looks like everybody's on the Giants. Jets are a mess right now. I would lean the Jets if it was actually a true home game and this was the the number, but you can't really factor a that being in a, a true home game against the Giants. So you gonna play this game at all? <laughs> no, man. This is this is just one of the worst games on the board. This is a game that I'm not even gonna watch. Um I do have Saquon Barkley and Ingram on my fantasy squad, so that's probably the only reason I kinda track this game, but no clue what's gonna happen. The public is all over the Giants. There's eighty percent of money on them uh on the public side and the spread is at two and a half across the board right now, but I'm putting this one out. So you have these little tidbits here that we always add. Have you heard or read anything that I haven't read on Le'Veon Bell? Cause I do have him in my fantasy team. That is just an absolute, just, I don't know. They're on fire right now. My, my squad, his team is sick and I just don't need it to fall apart. Cause I don't have any depth. So <laughs> is Le'Veon going to play? Huh? So, I mean, there's this guy on Twitter that um, I follow for Jets stuff, Manish Mehta. Yep. You've heard of him. He literally tweeted six minutes ago, has a knee ankle issue, no structural damage. He'll work inside with trainers today. Um, And that's kind of the latest update. He's been dinged up this week. He's been on the injury report a little bit. So I think we'll find out more after today, after tomorrow. But – I think he wants to play. Um, the problem is it's like they have such a big investment in this guy. Uh, their season's likely over. Is it worth it? But there's no structural stuff. Um, and it also said Gase discouraged Bell from practicing. So that obviously isn't a good sign if today's out. Uh, so it'll come down to tomorrow probably. Le'Veon, you promised us at the beginning of the year you wouldn't do it to us two years in a row for us fantasy owners. So He's been pretty good, though, this year. I feel like he's been a solid guy and a solid teammate and a solid player. Um, so I feel kind of bad for him, but at the end of the day, I don't after all that other stuff. And I feel your pain, though, especially if you drafted him early last year. That was a debacle for everyone. Did you have him on your team last year? I did, but I also drafted James Conner as my as a handcuff. So all right, perfect. So you were okay, but think about yeah. all these other people that wasted their top six picks on him and season ruined. Yeah, I think that's why I wasn't as salty towards him as everybody else was because I drafted James Conner as well. I think he was my last pick, and I was like, oh, let me just draft him in case. Yeah, and it worked out. So smart. Uh, yeah, I got lucky there, and uh, this year. My team, it's a 12-man league. It's unreal. It's I got Russell Wilson, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Jones, Hunter Henry, and Kenny Galladay. Wow. But then <laughs> after that, I got no depth. So those are all my starters, and I think like Curtis Samuel and Adrian Peterson would be my fill-ins if anything happened. So need to stay away. Both guys had good weeks last week, though. Yeah, they did. I think – yeah, they uh, – Curtis Samuel's really touchdown dependent. So if he gets a touchdown, he usually does pretty well. So, all right, we'll move on from this awful game to another eh, one-sided game. It looks like Atlanta Falcons plus 13 on the road at new Orleans. Uh, what's the latest on Matt Ryan? Is he going to show up or is he still going to be hurt? I mean, last I heard, he was out a couple weeks, um, but now they were, like, saying he wants to try to come back um, this week. So, I mean, there's nothing definitive about him playing, but um, I I think they might just sit him out one more week is the last I heard. How about you? Did you hear anything on him? 
that's kind of what I heard as well. Uh, is that they were not going to risk it and probably send him out one more week because those high ankle sprains are just not anything you want to kind of mess around with. So exactly, that's what I heard. I heard one more week at least. Their season's over. I think they're going to be one. Of, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. So this should be a cakewalk for New Orleans. Um, not sure I want to lay 13 points, though, just because these two teams do play pretty tough. They are big rivals, so 13, a little bit more than I want to lay in this spot here. They, they always, Falcons do always play the Saints tough, but I'm sticking with my auto fade. I'm taking the Saints, auto fading the Falcons again, uh, and I'm going Saints minus 13. Where's the money coming in? Uh, uh, yeah, of course, Saints. Sixty. It's about sixty forty, so it's not that public. Yeah, um, and so it's at thirteen across the board. A couple of spots have gone up to like thirteen and a half, but uh, so they're about sixty forty Saints. Yeah, that's kind of what I saw as well. Uh, a lot of money coming in on the favorites this week, except for this next game, maybe. Baltimore minus nine and a half in Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati coming off the bye. They are starting not Andy Dalton. Who is the kid's name? It's not Brandon Allen. I'm getting him confused with somebody else. Finley. Ryan Finley? Yeah. <clears throat> um, he's the Bengals QB now. It's crazy. Like, um, I Honestly, I can't lie. I've never seen him play. His name's Ryan Finley. I have never seen him play either. So I got nothing on this kid. But I also, <laughs> I bet Brandon Allen last week and – I never seen. I actually, I did. I lied. I did see him play at Arkansas. Yeah, uh, I saw him play in college. At least. Yeah, Brad Allen. I saw him play in college. This kid, I've never seen play. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, Cincinnati, man, it looks so juicy to me, especially because of the big win that Baltimore's coming off of. Sure. You know, they're prime for a letdown spot. But mm, oh, if I take, I want to take Cincinnati so bad. Especially if it's 10, which I think there still are some 10s out there. And if it is 10, I'd say roll the dice, give it a shot. Just hold your nose, cover your eyes, and do not watch. Yeah. Because you're going to be nervous as all hell throughout this game. But maybe you can get a backdoor touchdown for the cover at the end or something. There are some 10s, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of 10s out there right now. Okay. So there are some 10s. So I'd probably say take the 10, small. Nothing crazy. Uh, that's the side I was leaning to Cincinnati. Just purely on the letdown factor of the Ravens coming down a little bit from the big win last week. Yeah, I mean, it, it's about 64% Baltimore public money. The line is at 10 across the board right now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of betting indicators that would say to take the Bengals, right? Like they're at home. The Ravens are in a letdown, kind of a letdown spot. They're also on a shorter week off a primetime game. <clears throat> Probably not as motivated for this Bengals game starting Finley. Um, so everything kind of points to taking the Bengals. That being said, the, the Ravens have done really well in these kind of spots. Like, remember against Miami and some other crappy teams, like Harbaugh is just a good coach and he always has them ready. Um, and so – I would say Bengals or, or pass is kind of my advice. I'm going to pass, and I don't think I'll put real money on a kid I've never seen play before. And that, but that's just me. They do have the Texans on deck, so they do have another big game. This is a great sandwich spot here. Ooh, so, I mean, there's so many, like, reasons to take the Bengals. Sandwich spot, letdown, short week. So, public, you know, everything points to the Bengals. How many teasers do you think Baltimore is going to be in on Sunday? That, yeah, Vegas is going to need, need, need the Bengals big time. Everything. Yeah. Bang, Ravens will be in every teaser possible. Those 4 o'clock games last week killed so many teasers. Sure. It was unbelievable. I couldn't believe you know how, much, how many upsets there were and how many people got killed on the teasers in that one. That's why John always says no dips. And I've only done that one. Just the <laughs> one this year. And – you needed all the dip you could get in that one. So. You you won that you won that teaser though, and you needed it because yeah. neither of them covered. They both won the game. I got a little lucky, but yeah, I did. So we had before we move on. I know we're running a little short on time. We had one of our listeners tweet us actually 
that they're a little new to gambling, and you had talked about dips and teasers. Uh, any any chance you can give them a quick like synopsis on what a teaser is? Yeah, t- teaser is just when you have you know a spread here. So uh, that example, uh, we'll give the teaser I gave out a couple weeks ago. Indianapolis was minus six against the Broncos. I took the six, brought it down to a pick. But then you have to almost not parley it, but you have to pick another game with it. And then you go uh, Houston, favored by seven points, tease them down to one point. So then they only need to win by one. But you combine them, and you need them both to win in order for your bet to cash. And it pays out It usually minus 110, minus 120, depending on where you're at. So basically, you'd have to lay put down $110 to win 100 in those situations. Exactly. You can like manipulate the lines. Usually in the NFL, it's six, six and a half, seven points. And then there's a three team, 10 point teaser some books offer. But you need every leg of that to hit kind of like a parlay. Um, and then you're able to move the line up or down by however many points you select. So uh, I, I remember one of our listeners had asked that on Twitter. So uh, shout out to them and, and just wanted to make sure we, we cover that real quick. Yeah, and John, who's here all the time, not this week, but he always tells us not to do any dips. Uh, and that's usually a good way to go because generally you can parlay the games and usually either get a better payout or get the same result. Uh, so, or just straight bet them. But yeah, you usually want to stay away from teasers. They're called teasers for a reason because they do tease you a little bit into thinking you're getting the, an advantage there when you're really not. But there are some situations where they do work out. And I think the only way to play a teaser is in the NFL because the points you're getting kind of gives you some value at times, but you got to really pick and choose your spots. If you're ever going to play them, I don't play them too often. Maybe once every six weeks, if I see a couple, um, if you ever, you'll see basketball teasers out there. If you ever play a basketball teaser, just quit gambling altogether. Uh, there are charities out there that could use that money a little bit more than the Vegas books. So please, do not play basketball teasers. Those are just <laughs> they're they're an awful bet, uh, especially like over unders. If you're teasing the team from going over under 200 down to 196, really those two points aren't going to factor in much. So yeah, don't true. do. There's too many points in a basketball game for it to even matter. So football, yeah, football and basketball teasers are so so different. Yeah. Agreed. So, and you get less points in basketball, which doesn't really make sense, but teach their own. So, uh, that's just kind of the teasers a little bit. John will explain a little bit next week as to why you don't do them. Uh, he's pretty good at that part. So, yeah. we'll jump on to the next game. And this one I kind of wish John was here for because we could talk about it a little bit more. Your two teams are going at it this week. We'll talk about it more on Thanksgiving, though, when they go back at it again. Sure. Detroit at Chicago. Vic, Bears, sorry. I'm going to be in the same situation next year. Trust me. My team's going to go from really good this year to really bad next year. <laughs> I already know it. I already seen the schedule coming for next year. It's, I told uh, you the growth of this year. I said it a couple of weeks ago. Remind me a lot, a lot of the Bears from last year. So, Oh, and it's the same for me. I agree. I think they are very much like the Bears where uh, their <laughs> schedule is just lining up great and their defense is playing really well. But then next year – it's all going to come crashing back down and it's going to regress a lot. So uh, who are you liking in this one? (laughs) This is is such a tough game, man. I I like, honestly speaking, I like the Lions, but I've kind of been off of the Lions as a whole after that Green Bay game because their season's just kind of gone down the hill. They traded their captain. The, The locker room's unhappy. That was Darius Slay's boy. He's always injured. Uh, their running game is, is non-existent, but Stafford is playing at an MVP level this year. I got to give him credit. Um, I know Lions fans are like don't want to hear that because they're not getting wins, but the Lions have been in every single game this year, and and even the ones that they lost, they've you know been been in those games. So it, it's tough for me to go against them. I'll probably sit this one out. It, it's the line started at Bears minus three. It's down to Bears minus two and a half. A lot of early action, sharp and public, came in on Lions. So it's about a 67% public Lions backing right now. So I don't know. I'm sending it out, man. I just don't see it. I, I think Coach Nagy has been 
terrible at play calling this year. Mitch has been terrible. No progress there. Uh, the O-line has been horrendous. So and the defense is just getting worn out. And, and so, again, I don't see how I can lay the points. Um, so I'm sending this one out. What are you thinking? Because you have a non-biased view. So I'll get your input on the game. I lean the Bears a little bit. Their run game is starting to come together, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? True, it, it is. I mean, <clears throat> I think it took, like, fans in the media to force Coach Nagy into running the ball after that Saints game where he went 55-7 to pass-to-run ratio. So they're finally giving this kid the ball. Every time the kid has touched the ball since week one, he's looked good, Montgomery. So uh, they were rushing the ball better. They run really well out of the eye formation they gained six, seven yards of carry, and I don't understand another, you know, again, common sense, but he doesn't, Coach Nagy doesn't run the ball out of the eye formation, even though it's successful. Mitchell Trubisky does better when he's out on the edges instead of being a pocket passer. Uh, you saw that a little bit last week. You've seen it, you saw it a lot last season, and they're not doing that again this year. So I don't know. But yes, to your point, they're running the ball a lot better because they're actually starting to run the ball, if that makes sense. God, our teams are so similar even now. I mean, <laughs> we've been trying – fans in Buffalo have been calling for Devin Singletary to get more touches uh, ever since he's been healthy. And they finally gave him the ball the past two weeks, and he's been killing it. And yeah, he was electric last week. Yeah, he's – whenever he touches the ball, he's averaging like crazy amount of yards per carry. Six, I think it's like six yards per carry or, uh, per touch. So he's he's really effective with it, and they're finally just starting to give him the ball more and uh, – let Frank or just get some carries here and there. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the Bears in this spot here only because it's kind of that buy low, sell high thing where, uh, I mean, it's not we're not selling too high on the Lions because both teams are kind of at a low point right now. Yeah. But I think the Bears, yeah, they lost four straight. But if they can just get the offense to, to be decent, I think – they can pull out a win here because how's their pass defense? Is it, is it legit or is it the, you know, middle of the pack? You know, they haven't <clears throat> been getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Khalil Mack, everyone's obviously doubling him, tripling him. And you're not getting a lot of, a lot of uh, pass rush. So that's the only thing that concerns me, but <clears throat> I will say their pass defense is pretty good. Their run defense has gotten gashed, uh, but they haven't allowed a top 10, quarterback I don't think in, in probably like a bunch of games I think they've only done it like once over the past eight weeks so um, their pass defense is still pretty good uh, a lot better than what Stafford went up against against the Raiders last weekend right which is the I mean that is the strength of the Lions they can't run the ball yep. so I mean if they're forced to drop back and pass every time you're playing right into the strength of the Bears defense which I think is also an advantage for Chicago. So I kind of lean Chicago here. I probably don't know. I don't think I'll play it that much. So, um, yeah, pass for me on that one with a slight lead in Chicago. So John will be here to break the tiebreaker. But <laughs> Yeah, we. this is where we need John. Maybe we can have him tweet something out, his thoughts on this game. He, he's probably like me, bummed out about his team. And uh, I, I know he doesn't like to really bet on them either. So – but it would have been nice to have his uh, input on this game. Absolutely. Next up, we got the 4 o'clock games. The 405 special is not so special this week. Miami at Indianapolis. I know there was some sharp money that moved this from, I think, 11 down to 10 yeah. when it opened. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't disagree with the sharps there, but I think they also kind of came in a little early because that line moved before the suspension of Mark Walton, before the Preston Williams news came out that he tore his ACL. So uh, I think Miami got their big win last week. It almost kind of due for a letdown this week. It's just like they were playing so hard trying to get off the skid. They finally got off the skid. Now they're going to go back and, and fall back to who they truly are. So I don't know if I want to roll Miami in this spot here. I think we've gotten some pretty good value out of them the past couple of weeks because I think they've covered – the last four games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I think we squeezed a lot of the value out of the, the Dolphins here. Not saying I'm going to run to the window and bet the Colts, but if I had to choose in this spot, I'd probably take the Colts, but this is not a game I'm going to be betting. I'll be 
staying away from this game 100% of the, the way. So uh, Colts is my lean. I don't know what Jacoby Brissett is going to be doing. Uh, anything you like in this one? I mean, I like the Colts if Brissett plays. I think we won't know until game time, really, um, because the injury when it happened looked bad. But ever since I've been reading, they're saying it's not that bad. So, Because I'm kind of like you. I think that, that was like a Super Bowl win for the Finns last weekend. And after that, I think they're going to come back down to earth. And Indy's uh, O-line, D-line are just so good that I, if Brissett's in, I think they roll. Um Speaking of the 405 special, man, we've been riding it hard this weekend. I, I think we need to get some shirts made. Uh, but uh, that's been a, a gold mine this season. So shout out to John for his uh, 405 special hashtag. Uh, but this weekend I'll probably spit it out. I don't think an upset's happening here. Uh, I'm on the Colts if Brissette plays. I like it. Agreed. Um, next up we got Carolina at Green Bay. This is another one we were talking about before we jumped on. Everybody's wondering why we haven't gotten to a pick of the week yet. Promise they're coming. They're True. late. We'll, we'll get them there. But uh, Carolina at Green Bay. This one, you talked about how you wish it was seven when we got it. We did not get the seven. Didn't get the six. It is down to five now. Majority of the money coming in on the Packers. I saw a picture tweeted out a little while ago of Lambeau Field, all wintry and snowy. Looks like they got some snow up there, but I think it's going to be gone by the weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't think that's going to come into play too much this weekend, but uh, we're starting to get to those conditions. I like Carolina in this spot. I don't think green Bay is as good as advertised. And I think last week kind of showed some weaknesses that they have, especially, especially with their run defense and who else is better than Christian McCaffrey to go gash their defense again. Um, I think green Bay probably sneaks out a win here, but I don't think, it's going to be very easy. I would not be surprised if Carolina wins this one outright. This will not be similar to two weeks ago when we had a same, about the same spread when they went and go play the 489ers. So yeah. uh, I, I like Carolina in this spot a lot. This is one that I was considering as a pick of the week, but I got one that's a little bit better. So I'm going to go with that one. But Carolina plus, I'll take the plus five, not as much as I would like as a six or a seven, but. I still like Carolina plus the points here a lot. Yeah, I'm with you. I like Carolina plus five. I do wish we got them at six or seven. Obviously, that's a huge difference. But and that's what's kind of holding me back from making them a pick of the week. But um, you, you nailed it, man. The Packers' run defense has been suspect all season long. They're giving up 158 or 159 yards from scrimmage per game, which I think is – bottom five in the NFL. Um, and they, they just gave up 157 yards to the Chargers, I believe. So uh, the Chargers showed the blueprint. I think the Panthers can execute that blueprint even better, and they have an even better running back and, and run CMC. I think he's going to put on a big, big show. And I think the Cam Newton stuff was kind of lingering a little bit over the team. Um, and now – that his season is done. I think the team is fully on board with Kyle Allen. He's been great. Riverboat Ron, I love him as a coach. So to me, I think the the Panthers are a live dog. Like they have a chance to to actually win this game. So five points to me, I'll take that all day. I like it. I like it a lot. So uh, just kind of off gambling here. I'll, actually, we could get, we could tie it into gambling. Odds that Cam Newton is the Panthers is on the Panthers roster next year. What would, what would the, the yes be for Cam being on the Panthers next year? Oh, man, uh, there's some odds that have come out that he might be on the Bears next year. Um, and so, whoa, I don't know, man. I, I think they have a huge decision to make just because from a monetary standpoint as well. I think it was like 25 mil or something like crazy. 19 is what I just saw. That's actually why I wanted to ask you that question. Okay, perfect. So there you go. So, I would say he's gone, man. I, I think there's a good chance that he's not on the Panthers next year. Um, that's where I would lean, actually. How about you? Uh, so, uh, real quick, I'm looking at some of like the online stuff. It says Cam Newton minus 300 to be a starting NFL quarterback week one of 2020 season. That's the only odds I found. There's nothing about him still being on the Panthers. But I would say he's gone. What do you? What about you? I agree. I would say probably the yes that he's on the Panthers roster next year would be about plus 150 and then maybe like minus 175 to the no. 
So those would be, I'd say, my odds that I would make. All right, uh, I'll, take, next, I'll take a step further. Where is he going to go? Oh, that's the thing I don't know. And I actually don't know if he's going to be a starter next year. Uh, I think the Bears is a good spot. Um, it, it really depends on what teams are ready to move on from their quarterbacks. You got the – I think the Titans are going to move on from Mariota, but are they going to stick with Tannehill? Uh, what's going to go on there? Um, Tampa Bay, what are they going to do with Jameis? True. There's so many teams right now. How about the Bears? Um, I don't think, I think the Bengals are going to want to start over. I think they are not going to try and plug the the gap. I think they're going to try and build from scratch. So I think they're going to go young at quarterback. Uh, I'm trying to look at the I feel like then the bears make a lot of sense because their, their defense is in like a win now mode. Right. Whereas like the Bengals are going to start over. The Titans probably want to start over. Um, so it'll be interesting, man. I, I think he's a good quarterback. I just don't know if I've ever seen enough as to where, like, he's a difference-making quarterback. I know he had an amazing run where he was having, like, an MVP stretch, but he's always hurt or there's always something going on with him. I I know he's a great dude off the field, a lot of community stuff. So it'll be interesting to see. I think he'll be very polarizing if he did come to the Bears, I'm sure. 50% 50% of people would hate him. 50% of people would be happy that he's here. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes next year. That's a good question you brought up. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a fun offseason, I think, with all the quarterback turnover we're going to have um, coming into next year. So there's going to be a lot, especially with all the backups. So teams will be moving on from their QB for sure. Next up, we got another 4 o'clock game. This one I'm also probably going to sit out. Uh, I know that the value is going to be on the Steelers here, plus the three and a half at home against the Rams. However, Mason Rudolph, I can't back him. I think he's a little overrated. Uh, not even overrated, but not as good as people have been thinking. They have some really soft game plans for him that he's just been going out there and executing and uh, getting a lot of lucky covers. Their defense is good, but I think the Rams are – Starting to get it together a little bit. They're getting healthy as well. And coming off the bye, I think they could put a stomping on the the Steelers here. So I'm going to stay away from this one. Anything you lean in this one? Man, I know the Steelers are like in a perfect spot. And they've been playing a lot better. You know, their defense, their secondary after they made those trades. But uh, I kind of lean the Rams. I know the public's on them. But I will say Sean McVay's been very, very good against AFC teams. I read something where they're like – 10-0 against AFC teams. Uh, they've been very good covering the spread, too. I think they were like 7-2-1 ATS. So um, he he's done really well against them. Like you said, they're getting healthy. I think they're getting back on the right track. And honestly speaking, this is a big, big game for the Rams, right? Because if they lose this game, they might be out of the playoff or they'll be outside looking in with kind of how good the NFC has been. So... I think that sense of urgency is there. Aaron Donald should have a big, big game. And uh, I trust the Rams and their coach in, in this game. So I lean the Rams minus three. I do too. Is there threes? Uh, yeah, the, there's a bunch of threes out there. Um, it started at three, went up to three and a half at most books. And then there's a, a, a few different books that have threes there's like five dimes has a three um so there's some offline offshore ones that have threes okay i didn't know that i i thought there was just uh three and a half and fours out there so that was kind of why i didn't want to stay or touch this game too much but if there are some threes out there i may take a peek at the rams come sunday we'll see um not anything i'm rushing to bet though yeah in this game but we do have a bet coming up Next game, Sunday Night Football, Dallas Cowboys at home, minus three against the Minnesota Vikings. This is John's pick of the week. Like I said, he wasn't able to make it, but he did text it to us. He does like the Cowboys here as his pick of the week. Uh, hmm. I don't know if I agree with him on this one, unfortunately. Now, not just saying that because he's not here, but yeah. Vic, I'll let you, I'll let you kind of break the the tie first. Yeah, man, I'll probably sit this game out. It's it's the betting's pretty even. It's like fifty five percent Cowboys, which I'm a little surprised. I, I thought there would be much more public action on the Cowboys after how well they played. Um, but 
Yeah, it's looking like 50-50. It started at two and a half. It's up to three across the board. The Vikings have been playing well. So that was a pretty disappointing loss for them to go into KC against a reeling Chiefs team without Mahomes um, and to lose that game. But the only thing that worries me is Kirk Cousins. You know, I I think I kind of lean with you where the Vikings are the right side, but Kirk Cousins, especially in primetime games, especially against big teams in these kind of spots has not shown up this year. And I know statistically he's been doing really well this season as a whole, but this is just one of those spots that really worries me. And that's what I'm thinking as to why John is on the Cowboys. Cause I know how he thinks sometimes. Uh, and he knows the division. He knows the Vikings and Kirk Cousins well. Um, and so that's why I'm thinking he's, he's on the Cowboys and the Cowboys have looked a lot, lot better since their O-line is back healthy, which obviously makes sense because that's the strength of their team, right? So, um, but it's a coin flip for me. I'll probably sit it out, but let me know what you're thinking, why you like the Vikings. Yeah, I, the one thing you mentioned, the Kirk Cousins in primetime does really concern me. I do think that the Vikings are really good this year, though. I'm not just, I know I've been talking about fading them on the road, uh, buying them at home and it's often worked out but i think this spot here it, we, you can catch them on the road at times and they'll they'll pull out a cover so this could be one of those spots here but the one this is more of a fade on dallas i've just been hearing so many things the, the last two days on how the cowboys are for real they're a top five team in the NFL. And I know the advanced analytics actually kind of back that up. I just don't know how skewed those advanced analytics are because of who they have played and who they have beaten. Uh, if you look at their, the teams that they played and they, they beaten, they are four and zero against their division. Eagles is their one win. That was probably the best and most impressive win that they had. But the Eagles, I mean, if they didn't turn the ball over as bad and as they did and basically just hand the game to the Cowboys, mm, we could have a different story. They basically gave up 14 points right off the bat. So you're spotting sure. the Cowboys a 14-point lead right from the get-go. It's going to be tough to win there, come back from that. Other than that, two games against the Giants, win-win. Game against the Redskins, win. And then a game against the Dolphins. So... They haven't beaten anybody that impressive, I don't think. They lost to the Saints, lost to the Packers, they lost to the Jets. So I'm I'm not a buyer of the Cowboys. I'm not a believer in them. I don't think they're that good. Three points at home, if I had to take it. I mean, Green Bay beat them at home in Dallas when they were the Cowboys were laying three and a half. So I think Minnesota is a little bit better than Green Bay right now, the way that they're playing. And I'm getting that same spread pretty much, so I'm going to roll with the Vikings here if I had to make a bet but it's more of a fade against Dallas in this spot is what it is yeah which is fair I think you bring up some really good points I've just seen it Kirk Cousins too many times to like lay money on him uh which is why I'm pretty sure John is on the Cowboys for sure oh yeah absolutely I don't want to trust Kirk Cousins in prime time that's what scares me so but on to Monday Night Football. This is going to be my pick of the week, I think, is what I'm going to roll with here. San Francisco is home against the Seattle Seahawks, laying six. And Vic, you can tell me. I already know where it is. Where's all the money coming in on? Uh, Seattle, of course. Um, you got 65% of the public on Seattle. Anytime that the public is on a dog. I usually like to roll the other way, even though it's only the 65%. It's not like a 70 plus True. percentage, but I know a lot of people are going to say, Oh, Seattle's getting six points. They're a good team. Give me that. No, Seattle is a little bit fraudulent. They have Bobby Wagner. They have Russell Wilson. That is it. They find ways to win in a lot of their games that they do find ways to win are at home. Um, they easily could have lost to the Rams on Thursday night football. I mean, Greg's airlines field goal blows, you know, 14 feet left, and that that's a loss. I don't even think it needs to be that much. But um, that game against Tampa Bay last week, that could have been a loss. A lot of these coin flip games are going in Seattle's favor, and I think that's what's kind of skewing the public percentage of them. They could easily be – they're 7-2 and two right now. They could easily be 5-4. and four. And then this, this spread would make a lot more sense, and I don't think people would be 
as giddy to jump on Seattle. So I love San Fran in this spot. I think this is kind of what they were looking forward to last week again when they played the Cardinals and maybe why they had a little bit of a letdown. But I think last week they impressed me a lot, even though they didn't cover the spread. Their defense did not play well, and they still won the game outright. And Jimmy G really stepped up in that spot, showed he can also carry the team when he had to. So they just find ways to win, man. And I really like them in this spot here, laying only six points. If you're getting under a touchdown, I think you're in good shape here. So I'm rolling San Fran. It's my pick of the week. I like it, man. I like the Niners this week. That was one of the games I had circled. I think it's just a really good spot. Like you said, fade the trendy dog. Um, you, you nailed it. I mean, there's not much else I have to add. Seattle should have lost a bunch more games. Ru- what Russell Wilson's doing is pretty amazing. Got to give him some credit, especially with the injuries that they have. He's been carrying the squad. But I think they come back down to reality this week. And if you kind of remember, this is going back a little bit, <clears throat> even to last season and the season before. The Niners always give Seattle fits, right? Even when they sucked. Exactly. Like, even when they sucked. And I think they remember that, and I think they have a really good coach, and, and they make a statement this game, and they come out and, and roll, blow, the, blow, blow these guys out of the water. So I love the Niners. Uh, if it wasn't your pick of the week, it was probably going to be my pick of the week. So uh, I, I'm with you there. So who is your pick of the week now that we've gone through all the games? So going through it, I really love the Niners. I love Carolina, and I love the Raiders. So uh, Carolina, I don't love the the five. If it was six or seven, I would take them. So I'm going to go with the Raiders, man. I wrote them last week. I think, again, I think they get the job done. They win this game straight up. Uh, it's plus one and a half in, in some of the books. So I'll take the point, but I think they win this game straight up. I'm going to keep riding the Raiders this week as my pick of the week. Love it. That was going to be mine as well as the other one I was considering. So you and me, we kind of agreed on a lot this week. I think those three games are probably our, our favorite ones uh, that you and, just touched on there. So John, John's pick of the week is the Cowboys, right? Yes. So okay. John is rolling the Cowboys. So we'll recap them all. I got some college I want to talk about just real quick cool. uh, coming up. So we got a big week in college football. The college football playoff rankings just came out last night. The very first ones are obviously going to change a lot. Uh, I got two picks this week that I'm going to make. There are some early games um, for some teams in the early window, especially the the 12 o'clock one. Minnesota, they are undefeated at home against Penn State. I am taking Minnesota plus the seven at home. I think uh, public is hammering Penn State. Penn State is actually one of the teams that got into the Final Four, so they would be in the playoff if this game was played now. I think – Two things that that actually kind of hurts Penn State, believe it or not, right now. Because I think what that does, it's going to give extra motivation to Minnesota and a little bit of pressure on Penn State. Because now they know that they cannot screw up. Clemson is right behind them on their tail. Whereas if they were in that five spot, they'd be playing to prove something and get into that playoff spot. Like, oh, we need to get in here. We need to crush Minnesota. Now it's like, oh, shit, we can't lose to Minnesota. We can't lose, or else Clemson's going to be right behind us. So the pressure is on Penn State. No pressure on Minnesota. It's at home. Crowd's going to be going crazy. I love that we're getting a touchdown here. So uh, Minnesota, undefeated as well. Same record as Penn State. They're at home. I'll take Minnesota plus the seven points uh, for that game there. I like it. I like that. Next one is kind of a reversal kansas state they've been riding high the past two weeks they just beat blew out kansas they beat oklahoma two weeks ago and i think that value is at an all-time high right now texas who i think is a good team they've just been in some bad spots this year i really think texas is a solid solid team they were ranked top 10 for a majority of the year then lost oklahoma and tcu kind of set them back a little bit but i still think texas is a good team they kind of gotten off of that, all right, our season's over. We're not going to make the college football playoff. But, hey, now let's gear up. So Texas at home, only laying a touchdown against Kansas State. I think they beat them pretty big here, kind of make a statement win. Uh, Kansas State ranked number 16. I think it's a little higher than what they should be. So uh, give me the Longhorns minus seven at home uh, Saturday. And then a couple of leans I have. I'm not going to actually make them picks. I do like Virginia Tech plus two and a half at home against 
number 19, Wake Forest. Um, some reverse line movement on that one. And then Duke, I like kind of lean them plus eight at home versus Notre Dame, but I'm not going to make those two picks of the week. Uh, just going to stick with my first two there. Uh, Vic, anything – I know you don't really – touch on the college ones too much anything you like this week in college uh it's funny that you brought up texas because i was looking at them man you got it fits a lot of systems right you got an unranked team against a ranked team favored you got the public all over on kansas state you got reverse line movement on texas um and so texas looks good to me the only other game i want to get your thoughts on is alabama alabama lsu huge huge game Public is on LSU, so like you talked about in the NFL, fade the trendy dog. And what about here? Yeah, that was actually going to ask you the same thing. So I brought. I'm glad you brought it up. This is the game of the year in college football. Yeah. Um, number two versus number three. I like Alabama in this spot, man. Um, the one thing that concerns me is how healthy Tua is if he plays, because he's got that high ankle sprain. I mean, the game they had surgery on it, all that minor surgery, but still surgery, surgery. Yeah. So. It has been a problem he's dealt with over the past couple of years. I think he had a high ankle sprain last year as well that they had to deal with um, True. heading into the college football playoff. So he had a month plus to rest that thing up and get it healthy. This is only two or three weeks, I think, that he's had. Three weeks probably. So still a long time. But uh, Reggie Bush talked about a high ankle sprain he had, and I've had him myself playing basketball. Is the, they're, they're so hard to get over. Even when you think it's healthy, you, you go out there and you, you – can't really do the same things that you used to be able to or yeah. that you feel like you can. So it's still – it takes a long time for those things to heal. And I know a quarterback not going to have to use it too much to run around, but I do like Alabama here. I think I'm starting to see some holes in LSU's game, and uh, I'll take Alabama under the touchdown. I think it's six right now, right? Six, six and a half? Yep, it is. So – um, it's six and a half. You got some sixes across the board that you can you can bet on. So <clears throat> that's why I kind of brought it up because just because everyone's on LSU, I feel like. But Tua's playing. They said he's playing. Um, so I like them on the spot. Again, I'm not a big college guy. I usually follow you guys because you guys are hot. John's been hot. Uh, but Texas and Alabama kind of stuck out to me. Yeah. Uh, I think don't tease it. College football would never do teasers really stay away from those. But I do think those two teams win outright, and I think they cover the spread. Because college football points don't matter as much as they do in the NFL. So take the seven. I think both teams win by more than a touchdown. Uh, both are at home. Crazy games. It's going to be a really fun weekend in college football. So I like Alabama. You said Tua is playing? That's what I heard, man. Uh, that's, that's the word on the street that he's going to play. Because I know Nick Saban is kind of being all, you know, mysterious about it so i was like uh, if he's i don't know if he's playing if he's if Tua is definitely playing then i will take alabama as a pick of the week actually so all right we're gonna put a disclaimer on this pick of the week if Tua plays alabama minus six is a pick of the week uh or one of one of the picks if Tua does not play don't bet it <laughs> that hey that's fair man i mean that's a <clears throat> that's one of those you got to wait until game time. Obviously, quote unquote, from Saban, he's a game time decision. But you know, he's like hoodie. He he plays game. So, but the word on the street is he's playing this weekend. All right, and that's kind of what I was leaning as well. But Nick Saban kind of threw me off with of his presser yesterday that I watched. So I was a little little skeptical. But if Tua is playing, yes, take Alabama, and I will make that one of. Uh, I'll add that to three picks for college football this week. So we'll recap them. In the NFL, Vic, what do we got in the NFL? Uh, so, for me, I got the Raiders plus one and a half. John's got the Cowboys minus three. And then you have the Niners minus six uh, as our three plays of the week. Does that sound right to you? That sounds good to me. And then for college, Minnesota plus seven, Texas minus seven, and then Alabama, if Tua plays, minus six as our three college picks. <laughs> The only little stipulation I'll ask you, because I feel like someone might tweet you this or tweet us this, if Tua does play, it might go up to six, six and a half, seven. How how high are you good at taking Bama? Under a touchdown. Any okay. there seven and under, I would say. So if you Perfect. get seven, I would take seven. But if it goes above seven, don't play it. Perfect. So, In case. You just never know, you know. Yeah. So we'll we'll put a little some little disclaimers with that pick, but um, yeah, I, I do like Alabama in that spot to win against LSU. So 
All right, man, that wraps up week 10. I can't believe we're already in the double-digit week in the NFL, but starting to get cold. You got any snow over there in Chicago? Oh, actually, yeah, I, 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 we had a blizzard on Halloween, bro. It was like I, I actually had a call with uh, a guy I work with, and he he, uh, he shared his camera with us, and he was outside on his porch, and there was just snow covered over it on all the roofs. So, yeah, I forgot he's in Chicago too. It's uh, I, like I was texting you offline, man. Every last year kind of broke me. I want to move. I need to get out of this. I'm already sick. Uh, so it, it's been a rough, already a rough season. I heard this weekend, it's this week and next week, it's gonna get down to the 20s. Yeah, it's gonna be cold here too. We're supposed to get snow on Friday night for the first time. I'm looking outside right now. It looks like an elite fall day, man. Get some nice leaves out there, some good color. It looks nice. Sun is shining. No clouds out in the sky. But yeah, it's it's just a tease for what's to come this weekend. So. No fun, but our fault. We live here. <laughs> exactly. We chose it. So, all right. So that wraps up uh, week 10 in the NFL. So we'll have the pod posted before the Thursday night games, probably later this afternoon, Wednesday um, should get it out there. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to tweet us, but we appreciate everybody listening as always. And Vic, best of luck to you this week. We'll talk to you next week. For sure. Same here. It was fun to be back. Thanks for holding it down last week and good luck everyone. All right. See ya.